Welcome to Flatten the Curve, a podcast that looks at the impact of the coronavirus on life in Wales. We'll be sharing our thoughts, but more importantly, we'll be hearing from the experts and those whose lives have been most affected and disrupted. Together, we'll unpick our way through the science and try to better understand the weeks and months ahead. From Wuhan to Wales and everything in between, this is the podcast to take on the pandemic. Hello and welcome to a very different and much shorter episode of Flatten the Curve podcast. While we had started recording interviews for this week's episode, we felt that with the situation developing across the world and in the interest of showing our support for the Black Lives Matters movement, we felt that we needed to give up our platform for something very important this week. Jack is absolutely right. Flatten the Curve was born out of the need to discuss the wider impact of the coronavirus on the people of Wales and people in the wider world. But today we'll be doing our bit, as small as it may be, to help stop the spread of something uh, much worse, uh, something that has been around for much longer and something that has taken the lives of millions throughout the decades, and that's racism. In solidarity with Black Lives Matter, BAME people across the world and inspired by Blackout Tuesday, this week we felt it important to use our platform, our place of privilege and influence, to support the cause and hopefully do some good in the process. We'll be highlighting some of the organisations working to support BAME communities across Wales and also the places you can go if you're looking to become a better ally. So here, what's been your immediate response to the activities and the the Black Lives Matters movement that we're seeing uh, developing across the world? I think it's been such a difficult time for everyone already with COVID-19 and then just to see the scenes going on in America um, and everything that's happening. Um, it's just been really horrible. And I'm, you know, I'm saying that from a place of privilege. I think, you know, we have to address the fact that we are two white men talking about this on a podcast. Um, and, you know, we are in a position of privilege. And I think if this experience is going to teach us anything, it's that we have a responsibility to use that privileges in way, that privilege in a way that we've not done so before. Um, and, you know, it's really harrowing scenes and really, and just things that you'd never have expected to see happening. Um, and, you know, we also have to realise that this, this isn't just an issue in America. It's an issue that we have here in the UK. There's a systemic racism built into our society. I mean, everything that we do. And it, again, it's our responsibility to tackle that. Um, it's interesting that this has started um, at the start of Pride Month. Um, and, you know, and we look at the LGBT community and the struggles that we've had there, um, you know, and we're asking for more rights. But should we be doing that if there are other people in the world and people within that community who don't have a right? There is racism um, prevalent within the LGBT community and we shouldn't be asking for more rights before we make sure that everyone within our community is protected and safe and is able to access equal opportunities. You can't ask for equality if we don't do the same for other people as well. So I think there's a lot to address there. You know, personally, it's a very small, like it's nothing by comparison, but, you know, I've dedicated my Pride Month to celebrating BAME LGBT icons from history. Um, you know, it's again, it's, it's nothing on the scale of what needs to be done altogether, but if I can educate myself and share that with others, I feel like at least I'm doing something on the platforms that I've created for myself um, and using what I have to the advantage of others, um, which I think is really important. Um, one of the actually the really interesting um, figures that I came across 
um, during this early stage of research um, and looking for these historic figures um, was a lady called Audrey Lord. Um, she's a poet and has spoken across uh, various universities in America about her experiences as a woman, as a black woman, as a black woman in America dominated by white culture. And it was really interesting. One of the findings that she mentioned was that she was speaking at a university and the woman was saying, oh, well, tell me about these things, but don't tell me them in a way that's aggressive or makes me feel bad. And she says, is it my manner that keeps her from hearing or the threat of a message that her life may change? And I think that's so, so important in this current climate uh, because, you know, the phrase and the marches for Black Lives Matters, they've happened so many times now. Every, you know, every few years it happens again. They march. We keep, you know, we say that we'll support people, but actually we don't make any changes. And I think this coinciding with COVID-19, coinciding with Pride uh, Month and everything else, I think now is the time actually we do have to make the change because if we don't, people are going to continue to die. People are going to continue to lose out and we will never achieve equality if we don't make change. Absolutely. And you, you reminded me of a, of a time when I was a Welsh language student officer in Aberystwyth within US Wales, part of the liberation campaign um, and, and the grouping of, of officers there. And we were working very closely with each other as liberation officers, working closely with, in this, in this example, with a black student officer, um, and how important it was that we all stood up for each other, regardless of which liberation group we were were leading on um, and that we saw any attack on any of our liberation groups as an attack on all students um, and that we needed to stand up for each other in that respect. And, you know, this this recent activity in in the States is not new. It's not something that we are um, hearing about for the first time, seeing for the first time, I think, you know, digital and the, the media has helped to amplify the, the 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 seriousness of what's happening uh, as a former journalist you know, we would often see um, protests and uh, the black lives matter movement is something that we've seen for many years um, and the, the, the streets you know people going to the streets to, to protest um, but seeing the footage the recent footage um, of George Floyd um, is, is is footage that will shake anybody and you know something that we we often put trust in in establishments in the police in in this example um and it's the last thing that you expect to see but it's something that the BAME community um have experienced for centuries um you know we are also reminded of the of the time when uh, I studied history in secondary school and learning about um the the various civil rights um, activity and protests um, in the 1960s in America and thinking that it was something that was consigned, con confined to history books um, and that's not the case anymore. Um, that, you know, these things are consistently and always happening uh, across across the world and um, something that we're doing in the Office of the Future Generations Commissioner for Wales, something to the, that, I, that we are planning to do this Thursday with um, members of our Future Generations Leadership Academy is to discuss this very issue. They, they, they came up with this idea that they felt that not only current leaders, but leaders of the future needed to understand um, the different communities that we have, uh, understanding how leaders need to react, how leaders need to identify 
issues like racism, tackle it, um, prevent it. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged, actually, by young leaders, by young people who are choosing in whatever form, um, you know, the peaceful protesters um, writing to, to their members of parliament, writing to the members of the Senate here in Wales about this very issue. Um, and I'm pleased, actually, that journalism uh, is still something that uh, is vibrant in this space, you know, really looking at uh, footage and um, putting pressure on authorities using the power of the media in a positive way um, to try and try and amplify the issues here. So I'm, I'm encouraged um, by what young people are doing all over the world to, to remind us white people, but also to remind leaders um, of, of the, the challenges that we're facing. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, it's encouraging, it's encouraging the dialogue to shift up a gear. Um, and, you know, in, in my work in response to the COVID-19 pandemic, um, you know, we've been changing the way we work with communities to actually make sure we're fulfilling the needs and getting the information to them that they need. You're talking about leadership, you know, as a public health organisation, they have a trust in us that we will deliver this messaging in the right way, but we've not been doing that. Um, and, you know, I'm quite honoured to say that the work that we've been able to do, working with organisations, working with BAME communities, working with stakeholders, working with BAME people, to understand how we do that better and how we change our attitudes and our approaches, not the other way around, because it can't, we can't expect people to come to us. We have to go to them and we have to fill those spaces and act in a way that is relative and relatable to them. And I think that's reflected in society as well. You know, we can't expect change to happen unless we create it ourselves. And we are in that position of privilege to do that. We have the levers at our feet you know I work on this podcast with you guys I have the heads up space that I work in and I have a blog I have a work about PHW and it's about using all of those opportunities that I've been afforded as a cis white man and making sure that I use those opportunities to actually benefit other people it can't just be about me it has to be about the difference that I and other people can make for others because we can't get unity. You know, we've been talking about through COVID that people are coming together, that it's uniting people. Well, actually, if people are sat on the outside, we're not united. We're segregated again. And we have to make sure that everybody is brought into this safe, supportive space. And you mentioned, uh, Hugh, there, you know, this is not something that's just happening in the United States. Um, this is a, a global movement, an international movement um, that we are all hopefully a part of trying to to address and, and, and unify uh, our, our support for. Um, and of course, here in Wales, we have the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. One of the wellbeing goals, one of the things we're striving to achieve here in Wales is a more equal Wales. And we can't achieve that unless we think about everybody in our communities and everybody in our society. And you know, this period um, of us looking and addressing um, the Black Lives Matter campaign um, really brings to light the fact that we are unequal as a society. Um, our com there are communities here in Wales who um, don't feel supported, um, who are constantly on a daily basis receiving hate crime um, and people not listening to them, not asking them about their, what, what matters to them. And I think that's really worrying. 
um, that we have here in Wales uh, a piece of legislation that's aspirational, that is meant to be world-leading, um, but unfortunately there are still pockets of uh, society here in Wales who don't want to think about being a more equal Wales. Um, so I, I'm thinking over the next couple of um, weeks and, and the months that are to come, how our public bodies, of which are covered by the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, including Welsh Government, what action can we take to be more inclusive and strive to be a better country um, in light of the current circumstances and, and challenges that we all face here in Wales? Absolutely. That can only happen through conversation and through dialogue. I mean, you know, there are so many great organisations across Wales um, working um, towards equality, um, supporting Bain communities and also supporting white people in supporting Bain communities. So there's a really great uh, group that's uh, recently been set up called the Privilege Cafe. Um, and it's very much about encouraging white people to check in with their white privileges, realise the opportunities that they have and making sure that actually they are sharing them in the right way with BME people. And, you know, they've covered a whole manner um, of different topics, um, um, you know, from talking about labels, language and linguistics, um, talking about uh, recruitment and job opportunities, because we know that there is disparity there. Um, it's talking about... Um, acceptance um, whether that's acceptance of being people or acceptance of your own white privilege as well I think it's hard to hear that you're not the person you thought you were and there are daily privileges that we don't realize that we have and it just encourages you to check in with that in a very open and honest way and actually turn it into something constructive because if you don't address it if you don't realize it then you can't act upon it so you know this cafe has been a great way to rethink um, the situation and kind of, you know, tap into those different emotions and feelings around that and channel it into something positive. And you can do that by working with various communities across Wales. I'm sure you've worked with some fantastic groups as well, Jack, in your role. Um, or any particular that kind of stand out for you that you'd kind of say, well, you know, if you're kind of starting out in this area, try here first, this is a great opportunity. Uh, certainly, there are so many groups here in Wales that have been uh, making this point for years and in some cases decades and very recently didn't we on the on the podcast we had uh, Rocio Cifuentes from East and the work that East is doing um, around this time uh, to understand COVID-19 um, and to provide some specific services to the BAME communities um, but also running uh, campaigns ongoing campaigns to improve the lives and the, the services that are available to the BAME community and the Muslim Council for Wales as well, the, the work that they, they're doing in, in bridging communities, in bringing communities together. Uh, only here in Cardiff, where both of us uh, live, we can, you know, we, we're, we're surrounded by multiculturalism and that is support, supported and welcomed. Um, the vibrancy of Cardiff depends on the various communities that have decided to make Cardiff their home. Um, and Wales is for the better for it and the, the different, uh, you know, I, I enjoy walking around Grangetown um, and listening to, to different languages, um, seeing different people of different cultures. Um, but unfortunately, there are pockets of society, pockets of our establishment um, that don't see it that way or haven't recognised that 
these communities are just as part of Wales as anybody else. Absolutely. And I think for any listeners who are wanting to learn more about multiculturalism in Wales and educate themselves on the lived experiences of racism and oppression in this country, um, take a look at some of the links we provided in the episode description. Um, we also post them on our social media. It's important that we engage with these groups. Um, we have to engage, um, otherwise we can't use our privilege to influence. Um, so check them out. Um, do a bit of reading, do a bit of research and then use your influence, use your privilege to support them and the causes that matter to us all, which is ending inequality. We invite you to spend the rest of the time you would have been listening to this podcast looking at one of the organisations mentioned, learning about black history in Wales and sharing any information you find using the hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter.